Welcome to the Dream Home Movement. This is your weekly dose of Dream Home Inspiration, bringing you clever hacks and tips from the very best local experts with your hosts, Tara and Joe. Welcome to the Dream Home Movement. We're super happy to have you here with us tonight. I'm Joe Violetta from Violetta Finance. I'm joined as always by my fabulous co-host Tara Vandalite from Building Dreams Mornington Peninsula. Hey Tara, how are you going tonight? G'day, very good because I have an old friend here, Melinda Ryan. Oh, I didn't know you were old friends. Well. I guess we were. (laughs) We've known each other for a while. We've been in the same circles. And Melinda Ryan is a town planning consultant for Nepean Planning Consultant. Oh, I'm really looking forward to chatting about that because I think I I notice in your group, the Building Dreams Facebook group, questions around town planning and approvals and that sort of stuff are really frequent. It seems to be a real pain point for for people that are building their dream homes. Absolutely. And Melinda's a great contributor to that group. So I thought, wouldn't it be lovely to have her on radio with us to answer all our questions straight away? Well, see, that's why I'm doing this show with you, mate, because <laughs> you just come up with all the, the great, smart, savvy ideas. Yeah. <laughs> now, Melinda's actually already in the studio with her, with Sorry, us. Mate, and we're, we're talking, talking about, about you. That's Welcome to the studio. <laughs> Thanks, Joe and Tara. It's great to have you here. And of course, we've got our usual fun stuff. We've got our finance segment and we've also got Market Watch with Tara. Looking forward, (laughs) acting surprised. We've got our Market Watch with Tara. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement, everyone. It's Tara here. And I'm very lucky to have, well, we're very lucky to have a very special guest, Melinda Ryan from Nepean Planning Consultants. Welcome, Melinda. Thanks for having me, Tara. (laughs) So Melinda manages hundreds of planning projects per year. She's very much local and everywhere. um, And she prides herself on effective problem solving and client satisfaction. So um, yeah, she's sort of all over it when it comes to planning down this end of the world. So who better to answer our planning questions? Now, just as a general overview, um, I thought I'd pick Melinda's brain a bit, but you still are going to have to go and get your own independent advice. We're just going to give you a a broad overview of things to let you know where to get started. Welcome, Melinda. Could you start by explaining to us when does someone typically need to engage a private town planner? Yeah, great question. Mm. Thanks also for the disclaimer. I really appreciate (laughs) it. We see town planning consultancy as it's an essential factor in any town planning consideration. So go to a town planner first and establish whether or not you need their services in the same way that you might go to an accountant and they'll register your tax for you. Same way you should go to a town planner. If we feel that it's simplistic enough that you don't actually need our professional services, we'll direct you to council. And the critical thing there is about understanding where you need it and where you don't need it. And the best people to make that call Absolutely. is a professional town planner. So yeah. I'm, I'm out there, I'm looking to buy a house. I'm thinking, I love this house, but I don't want it unless I can get a second story on it. Okay. That gets a little bit sensitive, doesn't it? So what would I do and what would you recommend? Would I go straight to the town planning desk or would I be, would it, would it be in my best interest to maybe give a, a private town planner a call first? What I would recommend is establish mm. a relationship with the local consultant yep. first. An um, independent one. Yes. yes. Yep. So that they're, 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 they're looking after your interest. 
Absolutely. So you'd call our office, for example, let us know what you're proposing. We'll look at the planning controls over the phone, confirm whether there's opportunity or not. If there is opportunity, then we'll talk you through the process and expectations. Absolutely. If there's no opportunity, then we'll tell you straight away to save you the trip to visit council or to wait the 10 days for planning advice. Oh, fantastic. So, so if I'm looking to do something that's a little bit more, let's say complex than like a cosmetic renovation, if I'm looking to put on a, another story or extend or, you know, move windows or all the sort of stuff that could upset neighbours mm-hmm. and, and, you know, be in a planning consideration, it's a good idea to give a private town planner a quick call. Yes. Have a bit of a discussion. And when you're looking for a project, having a private town planner in your toolkit of consultants to ask is really great. Just as Melinda was saying, having an ongoing relationship so that you can flick a few houses back and forward and say, you know. Yeah. And the reality is often you won't need to professional plan town planning services. Mm. Um, and if you don't, then we'll let you know that. Mm. But understanding when to engage and when not is really critical, I think. And often council not in position to make that recommendation. Yeah. And you're a little you, bit yeah. better. You've got a little bit more time to spend on individual cases, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the time it costs you nothing. So you yeah. make a phone call. We'll spend five minutes with you over the phone. You leave with information that costs you nothing, but you yeah. feel more informed. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good idea. Absolutely. So it could be the start of bigger and better things in your project. <laughs> So what are what are things that typically people need to be mindful of when they're venturing out on let's say a renovation or you know they want to put an extra story what do you have to sort of think about Yeah and I'll frame my answer in context to the listeners mm. with the intention that generally about one dwelling on a lot yeah, because of course dwelling. it does vary yep for a single dwelling on a lot critical things are what the planning controls are that affect the site obviously so yeah. think about things like design and development overlays heritage significance yep. um they're critical things in a residential area typically and also whether your extension is going to result in vegetation impact oh chopping down trees yes okay yeah, yeah so i've got to so there are things to think about and turn your mind to yeah um, and also things like potential overlooking yeah overshadowing Effective. setbacks you know it's it's all quite generic yeah but can be really critical to the success of the project if you don't get it right in design ah because i i actually come across renovators all the time saying i want to put a carport and i want to put right out the front yes. towards the road <laughs> and there's yeah. there's a reason you can't do that isn't it like if you look over the top of the street there's a setback to the street isn't there that's right so yeah. the sighting pattern of the street is really critical yeah. because of course that sets what the expectation is yeah in terms of the you've got to you've got to be a good neighbor you've got to look not exactly like everyone else, <laughs> but yeah, you sort of have to stick into similar boundaries. Yeah. Also, the Mornington Peninsula, for example, the planning controls are quite restrictive. Yes. So a lot of the time there's very clear guidelines on what the minimum setback is. And yes. the expectation is that you conform unless you have a very good justification not to. So it's uh, understanding what that preferred requirement is and trying to meet it where you can. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah don't make a difficult job for yourself when you can do it the easy way. That's Absolutely. Right. Save yourself some money and some time. And, <laughs> and I guess... Because, you know, the Mornington Peninsula has different areas to it as well. Like if you, for instance, wanted to do a double-storey townhouse, there's areas that are much better suited to that than others. Or if you wanted to have like a lovely sprawling house, there's, you know, obviously areas that are going to work for you there. Yeah, I think... Double story, for example, two story, I think is expected to form part of a development pattern of the area. So two story is not typically controversial. Yep. It's going to come down to how well that additional alteration fits in with the existing dwelling yep. and neighboring land and how, what the height is, what the pitch of the roof is, whether you meet the mandatory requirements or not. So there's a little 
bit of flex typically with double story as long as it's respectful of what's happening around you yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. three be- story however is most unlikely to be supported across yeah. the Mornington Peninsula yeah the, uh, there aren't many three stories about no there's not but we got an influx of inquiries about it when the zones changed um recently oh. where it allows up to three story if you're not affected by a design development overlay okay. and I think there was a bit of concern that people would just developers would start building three-story development but the reality is there's not the market for it here and um, the lots typically aren't designed to accommodate it and neighborhood character no, it we're just not... won't stack up in justification for we're, it we're not Mirabinong <laughs> no <laughs> You know, Mornington, yeah, Mornington's fabulous and everything, but I think there's a little bit of land to go around. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. A lot of people are moving here for that particular sort of low density, you know, lifestyle. So yeah, so don't get too ambitious, guys. You know, <laughs> you got to stay in character. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, that's that's where a private town plan is a really good conversation because they'll tell you what they can based on the knowledge they have. They don't have any other agenda at all really they're there for you whereas sometimes you know councils can steer you one way or another or um yeah or they're giving you know it, it, it's just quite handy to have you know that one-on-one conversation i think it's somebody that's protecting your interests yeah protecting you, like, like a solicitor. <laughs> i'm not suggesting that i'm like a solicitor but you know it's yeah it's just the barrier between the professional barrier that's right cancel yeah. so who, you're presented in a professional light when you do go to council and you're also armed with the right toolkit to liaise with council, yep. negotiate outcomes, yep. and to also communicate with your designer, your draftsman, yep. to make sure your plans are stuck up with respect to council's expectations to save time yep. in the process. So there's so many advantages. But again, if you can avoid town planning, yeah. it's a great outcome. Great outcome for council because they don't have to deal with the resources. But like, let's great be outcome honest. for your client. <laughs> no, let's be honest, Melinda. There's not much you can do down here without... It, getting a towning with a, without a planning application, really. Look, you're right on the in the on the Mornington Peninsula. Yeah. Um, if you're going to do a big design, they yeah. are the the busiest municipality across the state, so I understand it. And they deal with hundreds of applications a year. We're fortunate we work across the state. The majority of applications are with Mornington, but other municipalities, there's a great deal of things that you can do without a permit where they're not as restrictive in terms of the planning yeah. controls. Pretty strong restrictions down the centre of the world. Yeah, and absolutely. And they are proposed to be strengthened, but of course we'll deal with that when yeah, yeah when policy is adopted. Absolutely. Right. Interesting. Okay. So look, if you, it, if you want to do something extensive down here, more than let's say a bit of a cosmetic zhuzh, there's a very good chance you will need a planning application involved. Not necessarily, but there's a very good chance it will happen in that sort of world of things. So just prepare yourself for it. Have a conversation if if you can before you go out and buy something so that you know what you're getting into. <laughs> and also before you appoint any other mm. consultant or expert, you know, mm. you can find out from a consultant pretty quickly mm. whether or not there's going to be issues. Um, and that perhaps could mitigate you already engaging a draftsman or an architect or land surveyor to prepare a feature survey, for example. Yeah. So before you spend anything, you know, get some preliminary advice first and put you in, you know, good stead for moving forward. Just a few more tips about to pick your planning brain while we have you here. What are your top tips for submitting a planning application and how much time should you allow for a planning application? Oh, that's a good one. Great question, Tara. Mm. Look, my, my top tip would be aim to get it right the first time. And in response to the time frame, it really comes down to the nature of the application. Recently, there's been introduction to the scheme called process called VicSmart, oh, yeah. which allows for consideration of decisions in 10 days. It's fantastic for smaller projects very minor 
development applications like a garage or a carport or similar structures depending on the planning controls. What's that again, sorry? It's called VicSmart. VicSmart. So that's for people that are residing in Victoria. It's a planning opportunity. Oh, it's an opportunity to go through the planning system in almost a fast-tracked process. Yes. So it still falls under the planning provisions. Yes. Um, but depending on if it's something really minor and it falls within that category, then you can have your decision assessed still by council, but within 10 days as opposed to the statutory time frame of 60 days, which is what their time frames are. Great. So what areas does that apply to? It's like, Victoria-wide. It just yes. comes down to the planning controls and whether or not you fit within the criteria of VicSmart. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. for our listeners in Victoria, mm-hmm. that's an option for them to consider. It may be an option Maybe. depending on what they're proposing. Yeah. And if that opportunity exists, then, of course, we recommend to go mm. down that path. And it's very similar in application process. So you complete a form, pay a fee. The fee's much less than the typical application fee, reflective of the work that council are doing on the application. There's a little bit of preliminary work involved, like some photos and site context. You see application plans, but it just is a way to fast track the decision-making process. And it's really for those really routine applications. Oh, okay. Fair enough. A typical application that yes. doesn't qualify for VicSmart is a different story and it really comes down to the planning controls and the application requirements. Typically, um, you need things like everything needs the title, the form, the fee, but your development plans, so your site plan, your floor plan, your elevation plans, your external colour schedule. Depending on the controls, you may need a site geotechnical assessment or a bush, bushfire management statement or an arborist report. Once everything's packaged, also need a written planning response responding to the planning provisions. Lodge it with council and they have 28 days to undertake preliminary assessment. So at that point, you know whether council requires any additional information to enable the progression of the application to public notice. Okay. Yeah. So, so 28 days to um, submit it and have it checked that it's all in order, but then the actual whether they're going to approve it or not, that's a bit more of a lengthy process. That's right. And I'm quite, I'm conscious of providing a typical mm. time frame because it does vary significantly. You look, typically in the Mornington Peninsula Shire, you're probably looking somewhere between three and five months generally yep. for a routine to moderate, like to moderate scale application and the complex applications probably looking somewhere six months plus. Okay. Cause quite, a, well, with most planning applications, mm-hmm. there's a process where they advertise it, give neighbours opportunity to comment. and That's right. Yeah. And there's also referral authorities. Um, so yep. you might have Vic Roads or CFA, Melbourne Water, for yep. example. And these referral authorities can be typical just for a single dwelling on a lot, for example. We need to wait for their responses to come back, satisfy any questions or concerns that they've got. Internal referrals, you might have your vegetation officer at council and council's engineers review the application and only when the planner at council has all that information can they then make a thorough determination on the application yeah so it's almost like handing in your assignment (laughs) (laughs) you've got to make sure that you've got all all the the bits of pieces and paper are in order they take at least 28 days to do that if 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 it's a good day (laughs) and then you know they get into the more sort of complicated political stuff um, where they advertise it so neighbors have a chance to comment on on it and then also other authorities have mm-hmm. their chance to um, make sure that it fits within their requirements once you're at that point so I mean and and to, and also to get to that 28 day period it doesn't just happen overnight it takes a couple of months to create pull a report together doesn't it yeah so that time frame mm-hmm. and the 28 days is from the date that the applications lodged, yeah, yeah. lodged. and the preparation to lodgement yeah. can vary significantly depending on who you've got on your team. So if you've got yeah. a local draftsman or architect mm. that understands the provisions and is willing to work with your planner and an arborist or 
you know, we've got a team collectively that does everything that we need necessary to satisfy the objectives of this game, then if they're working collaboratively, it can often happen quite quickly. Yeah. But if they're not, sometimes it might be like a three group. or five or six month lead up just to get the documentation and preparation. It's like a group assignment. Yeah. <laughs> You're taking me back to uni days, Tara. You've got to be very careful who you choose to team up with on a group assignment. And and it's it's no different with a planning application. So when you put in a planning application, you've got to collate all your bits of data together and there'll be a few different consultants who need to add to that. And, yeah, you get your planning application ready. It's the 28 days. And then it's the wider um, search of what we were saying about five months ish. Yeah, generally between three to five months from the time yeah. that it's lodged to a decision, depending on the complexity of the application. Yeah. And that's relative to a single dwelling on a lot. Of course, yeah. different type of applications will have different type of consideration. So you're building one house, realistically, you could say, I will allow eight months for planning at least. Yeah, yeah, that's realistic. Oh, and having a panic attack. <laughs> and that's this is, this is a very grey area. It's, that's that's yeah. relying on three months in the lead up too. Yeah. And the reason why I'm so cautious of it is because I see so many variants of time frame. People that come to us at concept stage and they've got an idea, then it's fantastic because we have a little bit more influence yeah. on the project. Yep. team. So we can put them in the right direction of a draftsman that we'll work with and a surveyor Quickly. that we can rely on and yep. an arborist that we use before. That's right. Yep. So we bring it all together, know exactly what we need. We then have control of their timeframes and influence the expectations, project manage it to a point of lodgement and then lodge. Fantastic. If we're engaged just to write a written assessment, for example, yep. and the client is a permit applicant, then that's obviously a little bit more out, outside of our control. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. Okay. Obviously, the more complicated applications where there's multiple dwellings on a lot or it's... A commercial project or commercial industrial project. scale project. Something a little bit more sensitive. That's right. That can go beyond 12 months. I'd probably say beyond six months. It's usually somewhere between yeah. six and nine months, depending on the complexity of it. Yep. But if you're working around the six-month rule, it's probably a cleaner, okay. cleaner number to work with. Yeah. Yep. So if you're planning to build your dream home... Okay, make sure you allow adequate time in the planning phase, you know, getting it drawn up, getting all the consultants together to plan it with you and get the application ready and get to work its way through council. It's not just a it's done in 12 weeks thing. Yeah, we've gone, we're well past the phase of just filling out a form, paying a fee and getting a permit. Yeah. doesn't exist anymore. So it's more about understanding those expectations and scheduling and factoring that into your overall yeah. project schedule. Yeah, it's more complicated because mm. it's we're working in an, uh, an existing built-up area. We're not just creating a new – it's new, not a new housing estate where it's all, you know, streamlined and sorted. Everything's, you know, custom and perfect. Well, everything's unique to their particular location. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, Tara. Mm, yeah. A little bit more tricky. Well, that has been super informative. Now, we do have one last question for you that we ask everyone. Yes. Okay. What does the term dream home mean to you? Dream home means to me a little cottage on the back beach with a fireplace and a tin roof. That's my dream home, Tara. <laughs> oh, that sounds so nice. Oh. That sounds just lovely. I, I kind of want everyone's dream home. Yes. So, yeah, we ask all of our guests this question and... <laughs> I think because people are so emotionally attached to the idea of their dream home, we we feel that emotion and then we want their dream home. So at yes. the moment, I think I want weekly. yeah a, co- a Balinese mansion that's a cottage with a fireplace <laughs> in the hills and on the beach. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. You could probably find that in Bali. <laughs> in Tullumbin, I think. You could almost find that on the peninsula. Yeah. We've got that good combination of hills and beach. We do, don't yeah. we? Absolutely. Just Welcome back. Let's get stuck into our finance segment. Usually Carl Violetta presents our finance segment for us, doesn't he, Tara? He certainly does. And yes. he does a fabulous job of that. But um, Joe's actually pretty good at it too. Oh, thank you. Well, Carl, for those of you who who aren't aware, is my husband. And while I'm live on the radio every Thursday evening, he is with the kids. And tonight we've actually got a VC student in our house. Our daughter is a VCE student and she's doing VCE dance, which is just beautiful. But she's got some sort of VCE dance thing on tonight. So he's running around with the three-year-old and picking up the VCE student from dancing and all sorts of stuff. So he can't dial in tonight and he sends his apologies. So he's not able to join us tonight, but I am going to do my very best to do the finance segment for us. And tonight I would like to talk to you about comparing loans. Okay, yep. And I thought it was a good a good show to talk about comparing loans because we're talking about building new homes and that sort of thing. But even when you're buying a home or you're think or you've already got a home and you're thinking of refinancing, then you'll be comparing home loans. That's correct, yes. Yeah, and you'll want to pick the right one for you. Mhm. There's a lot of variables to factor in. And to be quite honest, sometimes it can be confusing. Hmm. I mean, for us at Violet of Finance, Carl is the finance broker there. So he has a really intimate knowledge of all the different home loans mm. and he know he knows how to compare them and which ones will be suitable and he's got really good software to do that. But if you're not a mortgage broker, mm. how are you supposed to compare home loans? Oh, yeah, it's kind of tricky because then they sometimes have other features as well. Like yeah. yeah. These things and I, are you actually going to utilize it? And, well, that's yeah. right. And what can look like a good deal could mm. perhaps not be such a good deal. So it, it pays to look a little bit deeper. And there's a tool that you can use called a loan comparison calculator. And that can give you a bit of a general idea of which loan product might be better for you. So with a loan comparison calculator, what you do is you put in the loan amount and then you put in the loan term. So say it's 30 years, for example. And then loans can sometimes have, home loans can sometimes have upfront fees. Mm. So you you put those upfront fees in as well for each loan. You can usually compare two loans at a time on a loan comparison calculator. So sometimes the fees could be $400, for mm-hmm. example, that's your upfront fees. And then some loans actually have ongoing monthly fees as well, which I don't think people, some people realize yeah, that loans. Sort of servicing fees. Yeah, yeah, can have ongoing monthly fees that you pay to the bank or the lender. So you'd put in those monthly fees as well. And then some loans will have their ongoing rate. Mm -hmm. So that's the interest rate, but some will have a lower intro rate. So an introductory rate Mm -hmm. uh, for a certain amount of time. Sometimes it could be 24 months, 36 months or, you know, whatever. They're just examples. So you put all of those figures in to the loan comparison calculator. And then what it will do is it will show you 
which loan will end up saving you the most. It'll show you how much each one will cost you for the initial period per month and then the ongoing period per month, what your total payments will be on the loan, and which is a really handy tool as well to see, well, how much is this actually going to cost me over Mm. the term of the loan? And then it'll let you know which one will save you the most. Now, this is still a very simplistic way to look at loans because, as you said, Tara, there might be other features Mm. such as an offset on on a loan and there might be exit fees and that sort of thing, but it gives you a bit of a a starting point, Mm. something to look at. Now, the thing with loan comparison calculators is they're just giving you, as I said, general information. You can't take what they're saying as gospel. It doesn't Mm. replace really good professional advice. Probably doesn't hurt to do a bit of a tinker just to get your head around. No, it's. I mean, it's interesting. Mm. And, And I think sometimes when people think about home loans, they think they just think about well, what is the rate? I just want the the very best rate. Mm. But there's there can be more to it than that. Mm. So you do need to look at those fees and how long is that really snazzy rate? You know, mm. therefore, is it just an introductory rate? So a loan comparison calculator is a really great place to start. Of course, if you want more personalized and tailored expert advice, you would go to a a, a mortgage broker. But uh, yeah. They, they can be quite interesting. Loan comparison calculators, if you're looking for one, we happen to have one on our, our website, <laughs> funnily enough. Uh, I mean, we've got all, all those sorts of resources. So mm. you're welcome to use ours. You can mm. use it for free. We're not going to ask you for your email address or anything weird like that. You can mm. just go on the website and use it. And it's um, violetafinance.com.au. See, I didn't say the www. See, we don't need to say we that. We don't need to say We're that. too cool for that. Yeah, it's just yep. violetafinance.com.au. So you can have a look at that. Well, you're very welcome to use the, the calculators. Mm. That's what we have put them there for. Mm. When we come back, we are going to dive straight into Market Take Watch. Welcome back, everybody. We're here on the Dream Home Movement, and it's my little limelight for the night. It's Market Watch. Hooray! Um, Woo! <laughs> so, Market Watch, I'm actually going to um, divert a little bit and say, give the market a bit of a break this Easter long weekend coming up. Why don't you take advantage of the four days that we've got coming up and um, take on a little project for yourself? Mm, so we've got four days coming up, not this, not this week end, mm. but next for yep. the Easter break. Absolutely. Mm. But start planning now. So, you know, there's always, when you, when you do want to do a little project, getting the materials are half the work, really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so if you can start planning your project now, and I'm not saying do a huge thing, but you might just decide to paint a room that you've been meaning to paint for ages, or maybe sort out your garage, or I don't know, rehang that door that you've always wanted wanted to or take on that flower bed that you've wanted to do start planning that now and that way monday you can start ordering your materials so it's all delivered for you ready on the long weekend you've got four days and by rights it's a public holiday so you should be able to rope in some relatives as well because hey they're not doing anything <laughs> They're all on holidays. That's right. That's what, that's what family's for, isn't it? Well, it's school holidays too. So. Oh, you've got little people yep. too. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, and there's nothing more um, satisfying than like getting something done that's that you can walk past and admire. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. And there's honestly, there's not a better time to do it because over Christmas you're all too busy. Mm. If you wait much longer, particularly if it's outside, it'll be too cold and too Mm. wet. You know, summer is not the best time because it's too hot. This is like golden. Take it. Mm. So I, I'm thinking about that myself too, because that's my unfinished project is um, my sort of front entry area. Yeah. Yeah. I might wait a couple more weeks, but there's definitely some tidying up outside that I want to get done now because um, it's just going to get colder. Yeah. And I want to see the result. So you heard it here first. <laughs> get out to your favorite. Get organized now. Get organized. Get organized now. Plan it now. Order your materials Monday. Okay. Don't leave it until Saturday next week because every other person has the same idea and they're at Bunnings and you're going to lose a day just trying to get the stuff. Absolutely. Get mm. out there. Get it Get it happening. That brings us towards the end of the show and it's been a lot of fun tonight, hasn't it? Mm. So, Melinda, just recapping what we were talking about earlier, if you could tell everyone, where can they find you if they feel that they might need to ask a planning question to a private planning town? town planning consultant <laughs> thanks tara <laughs> um well firstly they're welcome to drop in and have a chat to us at our consultancy on main street mornington yep we're just on the corner of main street and the pain highway yep or they can call us um our phone number is five nine eight six one three two three yep or they can find me via linkedin yep. so it's just melinda ryan and uh, you also have a website too don't you it's um nepean planning what is it? com dot au. Perfect. I also won't say the www. No, we're too cool. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're too cool. We're, we're way too modern for that. Yes. Modern people don't say modern. On the internet. On the interwebs. <laughs> on the email machine. The phone is probably the clean, you know, pick up the phone, yeah. have a bit of a chat. It saves you having to fill out any contact forms. Mm. Um, yeah. And you'll pick up one of the consultants will answer the phone and be able to answer your question. Awesome. What, what's the number we can call? It's 5986-1323. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for that. Thanks again for being our guest. That was really illuminating. I, I, I didn't know anything about town planning. <laughs> well, look, Melinda's the sort of person, you, you don't want a town planner, but you sometimes have to have one. So, yeah, it's, it's nice meeting her now as opposed to when you're under a stressful situation. It sure is. Thanks for having me, ladies. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. We are really honoured that you choose to listen to us every week. So we're very thankful for that. Thank you for choosing us. We wish you all the very best of your dream home projects this week. And we'd love to hear how you're going with them. So please reach out to us on Facebook, Dream Home Movement, or Instagram, Dream Home Movement. Share some photos. Let us know how you're going. And we look forward to speaking with you next week. Bye. Bye.